So in this week, we have a lot of things to cover. And uh, for all of you who are listening to us on Spotify and our other audio channels and those who are viewing us on YouTube, a big, big thank you to you. Do remember to share it with our friends because it's with your feedback only we get the encouragement to keep on doing this. And now with this week's episode, we have a few heavy topics to discuss. So I'll pass on to my co-host Aditya to enlighten us on what those are for this week. So firstly, we're going to start off with the dispute that Kanye West is having with his record label that is EMI. Then we move on to cryptocurrency and the banning of cryptocurrency in India that previously happened and which was reversed. And now we are seeing there's some commotion regarding that. Moving on from there, as you know that this is the month of October and it's a very exciting month for us Bengalis because Pujo is coming. And so we are going to go over the guidelines for the safety that we are going to, uh, measures that we have to take for this Pujo to be safe, sound and rejoiceful. Yeah, and we're also going to be looking into the various guidelines that especially the north, like the eastern states of India, that is the states of let's say West, West Bengal, Assam and the others that have taken out in relation to certain guidelines that they'll be adopting in order to make this year's Pujo a very safe one, right? And with that, thank you for joining. Let us begin with the episode. So before we get into the more detailed topics of this week, let us on a more lighter note, look at the various comical news that we've come across this week. Like for I in particular, Adi, was reading about this woman in Bhopal who approached the court because her father beat her at Ludo. I mean, I get it, you're in quarantine with COVID and everything and all, but because your father beat you in Ludo, you went to the courts? The sheer extremities that, you know, like constricted spaces bring out in us, I swear. I came across something way more interesting. I have to share this and trust me, this is not just a comical bit of news as we put it, but rather an information for all those pot smokers out there in Delhi. You have a new peddler in town. Okay. We're talking about Delhi police. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. So Delhi police, uh, as of last week, has seized 160 kilograms of marijuana out of which only one kilo was reported and the rest 159 was actually sold off. Okay. So they know who to call now if they want some stuff. One double zero. That's your number. Go ahead. So now on to our more heavier topics of this week. We are going to start off with the Kanye West debate that you know my co-host Aditya is very passionate about. So you know I'll pass on the cue to him and let him take things forward. Biggest thing, first things first, I'm a huge fan of Kanye West. Okay. Uh, anything other than that would be, so the controversy we have in hand actually started way long back, I think around two years back okay. in the TMZ headquarters way back in 2018 when uh, Kanye West made a comment regarding racism and slavery and music industry in general. That is when it kind of sort of started and it took some more vigor in through in course of 2019 when the suit was actually filed in the beginning, uh, I think around January or so, the suit was actually filed against EMI records. But you know, why is my question? Yes, so the background to this is that, so this deal that was signed was actually dates to 2003. Okay. And it was in effect till 2017. So the service that he had provided was till 2017 when the dispute started happening. And And if I'm not too wrong, this uh, EMI company that you're talking about, it's a part of the Sony Music Group, correct? Yes, yes. I think it's 90% owned by Sony and 10% owned by the Michael Jackson Foundation. Okay, okay. So, Uh, all right. So, 
ठीक है कीपिंग दैट कॉन्टेक्स्ट इन माइंड so uh, very so, hideous context you wanted to just push in yeah, right there yeah <laughs> but yeah so keeping that context in mind so tell us see like, i get your point see i get your point that is what kanye west is also insinuating that essentially these are big players and these big players are extorting artists and their artwork making millions out of it and leaving out the artist out of it and what kanye west is really fighting for is the copyright and the uh, copyright to the songs that he has made and the master basically the masters what's a master so a master is essentially the pre- the record that they have made which can be the copyright that is held with the master the original song is held with the company okay. and not with an artist and that is typically what a record deal would entail so before that before we go into all these nitty gritties i think and the actual dispute i think it's very important we know as to what a record label is okay so a record label can be essentially a company or a business which is uh, or a trademark which controls and looks into the uh, very music production video production angle of artists which is required their promotion distribution and various other things they might be needing in return they generally hold the copyright mm-hmm. and the exclusivity of that artist as in say today i am signed with a record label with the exclusivity term then i can only work with them and essentially again at the same point let me just ask you when you say exclusivity do you mean exclusivity in terms of um how do i say producing music or let's say going on concert and all those things included as well so that is again a gray area i'll tell you why because there are agencies then there are record labels then there are distributors there are publishers there are various kinds of people who are in this business okay. so when we talk about record label specifically there's a lot of rebel especially when we talk about emi as a record label so they are huge understand so kanye's beef yes. is with emi in particular yes who is kanye's like in the context of the various companies they are kanis he is the uh, signed artist he is so the signed artist for the record, record label. label that is here exactly got it got it okay so with that context in mind like walk us through why why as in so this is something i believe is some sort of a feud that kanye has taken up to prove a point okay and not only that it's also with regards to the californian laws labor laws uh, some complaint the complaint that was filed in the courts of california they had this particular uh, the complaint alleged that there is a 7 year maximum term that is provided to an artist or any personal service agreement for that matter can be only extended for 7 years at most at whereas time, right at a time and uh, whereas Kanye West started from 2003 and was modified in between and went up till almost 2017 18 and it's still there it's not that it's become void not only that the most interesting part which i wanted to come up with is one particular clause that was kind of hidden in all of that in the term and a very simple modification which reads as follows you mr west hereby represent and warrant that to emi that you will throughout the term as extended by this modification remain actively involved in writing recording and producing compositions and major label albums as your principal occupation at no time during the term will you seek to retire as a songwriter recording artist or producer or take any extended hiatus during which you are not actively pursuing your musical career in the same basic manner as you have pursued such career to date now this clause brings out a very important question that is whether or not this clause is antithetical to the code of labor in the united states where 
it is clearly stated that it can only extend up to 7 years how is it possible that such a contract has been extended for over but it has been extended by 8 years and the contract itself is that of almost 15 years that's from 2003 to 2018 now see if you were to look at it right uh, i see one major problem in this agreement this kind of an agreement rather where it says that mr west you are not allowed to retire you cannot really impose some kind of a restriction like that on a person right sure. you so if you ask what to ask me you know that that kind of a restriction essentially what it does is imposes a restriction on kanye west to put like you know proceed with anything else exactly. other than you know his ambition that he may and so right but uh, in that context like you know give us a little bit more background as to you know why he is contesting that barring the legality of this because i remember like when we were discussing off camera you were telling me something about some other angles and problems to this ongoing war that kanye is waging right absolutely so this entire thing is to make a statement that is something kanye is harping upon every goddamn day every day you see his tweets you follow it you see the kind of gestures he is making urinating on his grammys it's actually a message that he's trying to portray that record labels extort artist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now I, i was talking what i was really talking about uh, before we started rolling is that the ownership there are going to be two major problems regarding this lawsuit that is the ownership of the uh, ownership of the masters and that the freedom that kanye west is asking from from the record label other than that the implications and the consequences that such record labels have on artist is is really something that we need to appreciate more there is a reason why in recent trend we can clearly see that there are more independent artists which are coming who are who do not want to be associated with any sort of record label we can talk about various artists like this like plini brockhampton they have come up with their own thing and they have it's easy to distribute it it is easy to distribute and take it out there today rather than what it was 50 years back back then labels had some sort of an impact on these people like for example if we talk about virgin records when it's just started they were promoting bands like sex pistols and sex pistols wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if richard branson hadn't seen that potential at that point of time so this is something we really need to appreciate as to we see the same problem happening also in india when couple of days back with the sushant singh rajput death happened and a lot of nepotism and those debates had surfaced mr sononi one of the legends of the industry here actually came out and said that there are media mafias out there there are entertainment uh, giants who control everything and that is something that kanye west is really against So, so uh, like you know in that context like keeping that in mind do you have any other such similar examples you know which people can use as a reference point to you know these kinds of things happening absolutely we can see Ma- mario carry early in the in the two, early 2000s coming out of a deal although mario carry made a lot of money out of it coming out of that deal however there are people like uh, mr hacknell who came out of a warner brothers deal uh, way back uh, i think in 2012 or 13 when he his testimony had this in it that the record label made 800 million dollars out of the records that were sold he made 80 that's 10% of the entire money that he made for the label which is unfair so yeah so if you look at it from that perspective 
like this ongoing war that Kanye is going on, right? Makes sense, wouldn't you say? Of course, of course. And not only does it make sense, it is also something that requires a larger appreciation, I believe. It's because essentially artists work really hard to create something that is worthwhile, that is going to stick uh, stick around even after they're gone. There's a reason why uh, art has that entire intellectual protection for over 60 years, even after the person's death. So it's because the impact such art brings into our culture and actually frames way for the future, I believe. So yes, it's go Kanye for uh, the entire deal that you're doing but I don't really know if he should be president I don't know we should leave that yeah. is that is more dicey in nature but you know go Kanye for the entire music scene yeah. that's and that's definitely there yeah and you know we'll see it further as it unfolds in the more coming yeah, yeah, yeah right so but yeah. Come, looking at the situation right now he'll probably win the presidential race before he wins this <laughs> that is the funny let's part let's see let's see yeah <laughs> Let us look into the second topic for our day, which is blockchain. Cryptocurrency. Okay, so to me, you know, as a layman who is not so much aware about both of these things, to me, they seem the same thing, but you know, you would probably yeah, disagree so with it. The distinction between blockchain and cryptocurrency. So you're right in one aspect that blockchain and cryptocurrency to some extent are similar as in the technology that runs the uh, cryptocurrency entire market is essentially the blockchain technology now what is the blockchain is something i want to define before we continue with this conversation that is essentially blockchain is a digital ledger which is stored in blocks and which can be only be made accessible using a particular key which is generated using algorithms and and essentially it's a hash function mm -hmm. which uh, kind of acts as a key into this blockchain which stores this information right now what is a cryptocurrency now a currency based on this system where each block instead of holding uh, data is holding some amount of value in nature of currency itself is something we can call virtual currency now that is an extremely layman uh, perspective that I'm trying to but lay you here you know keeping in mind that layman perspective so I don't know things like Bitcoin Ethereum and all these right these would be blockchain these are essentially cryptocurrencies but it is based on the technology that is the blockchain that is the digital ledger technology Got that it. yeah so satoshi nakamoto in 2008 actually came up with the Bit bitcoin and the bitcoin has obviously you've seen how it has raised in value and yeah has so incremented. in recent years like before the crash like it was up you know if you want just a fraction it was worth millions of dollars exactly exactly now Essentially, without going into the tech part of it, I, what I wanted to harp upon with the cryptocurrency uh, topic that we are discussing is the ban that was previously imposed by the government, the bill that is pending in the government, which would essentially ban cryptocurrency and as to why such things are happening from a more sociological perspective. Because see, if you consider India as a country, right, we are... You know, I wouldn't say very forward thinking, but forward thinking in terms of a lot of things. Like, exactly. For example, if you look at, you know, the data privacy bill that is there or the labor codes that are coming out, that's a very forward thinking initiative. Even for that matter, GST as well. Right, right. Exactly. So, but why do you think, you know, uh, and coming to those points of yours also, 
Like, why do you think India is taking a very archaic stance in relation to blockchain acceptance and cryptocurrency acceptance? So essentially, it's just not India which is taking a very hard stance. So if we categorize uh, this, like way Law Library of Congress has actually gotten out a report, I think way back in 2016 or 17, which talks about these four categories. That is countries with absolute ban, like for example, Algeria, Bolivia, Egypt, Iraq, then countries with implicit ban like Bahrain, Bangladesh, China, Colombia. Then there are countries with where tax laws applies, for example, Argentina, Austria, Bulgaria. And then there are countries where both anti-money laundering and taxation laws apply. For example, Australia, Estonia, Gibraltar. Uh, so these small countries, they have their own, their, they also have their own currencies, uh, ICO. And if you would notice that recently, the trend is towards digital currency because yeah. even the uh, U- US Federal Bank is in uh, motion to create its own digital currency. Oh, is yeah, it? yeah, that's, uh, I think last week, that's what we, uh, I read about uh, you know thinking of this then from a more futuristic standpoint so and I don't know if you're very much aware about this so this entire thing about blockchain and cryptocurrency in general right so are we let's say in the future right looking at a globalized standardized form of currency that is you know been being accepted and you know exchanged across the entire planet so one of the major problems with where the status quo stands, the major problem that uh, cryptocurrency would face in order to become what you are saying for the future is the inconsistency in the prices, right? So you would see how they vary in prices almost every day. Now that is something that can be solved through intermediaries who are dealing in this cryptocurrency. So the moment you allow intermediaries to conduct more trades, so the price stabilization would automatically happen as the market response. Because see, there is a concept of a universal income, right? Where it relies on a backing where you know irrespective of wherever you are in the entire planet exactly universalized income automatically correlates that you know since you're following a single form of currency across the entire planet not just the nation right you are able to have more certainty more stability across the globe in absolutely, terms of absolutely. The currency. and you know personally and again me as a layman who doesn't understand the nitty-gritties and details as much as you perhaps so I feel that that would be the way forward. But if I look at India again at the same time, I feel that India is taking a like you know a direction that is the opposite of what the more progressive and advanced countries are taking. See, so I would say that in that regards, there's this one problem to your argument or rather vision that you talked about that there would be one currency. Now the problem with Bitcoin or any other digital currency for that virtual currency for that matter is essentially decentralized so there isn't an rbi isn't a rbi which is controlling this currency there isn't any laws which is uh, controlling this currency and this currency is flowing throughout the market so that is one problem that is essentially that has been highlighted by in even in the case that came up uh, regarding internet mobile association of india against the rbi so even if i look at that so the main problem right that you're talking about in relation to blockchain is acceptance and you know absolutely more than acceptance it is the fear of the various state governments and when i say state i mean country country exactly in letting go of that sovereignty and that you know capitalistic structure that they have throughout where you know there is a central bank in the top 
and you know it is controlling revenue for that entire revenue or other currency rather exactly. for that entire dominion so essentially you would notice this or rather also understand this very easily uh, that is we in general as mankind we have accepted something that is rulership as a concept be it through representation that is in democracy or autocracy either way we are in favor of some but some of somewhat of an authoritarian figure through which we are you know delegating the powers and every other aspects of society through which laws are being made and the political superior austin had stated that political superior mindset people would determine what the law is for the political inferiors now it is this that is really stopping because the political superiors fear that decentralization of currency something like currency would actually deeply hurt them so basically to sum it up uh, what we are looking at is essentially you know so the main concern with blockchain is in relation to fear of acceptance and fear of letting go of the already established structures of power and government that exists absolutely absolutely in relation to let's say india and a couple of other countries than the rest of the world am i right absolutely absolutely and on a very concluding remark i would say that for us to actually go ahead and accept blockchain would actually really depend on the aggregate mindset after a point if the market has accepted blockchain or rather cryptocurrency as a concept it would the government wouldn't have a choice after a point like for so, example 377 you saw that there wasn't a chance anymore when the aggregate mindset was for uh, the concept of say 377 being uplifted it had to be right. it had to be uplifted so if we point. look at it where does india stand to summit up rather where does india stand as of today in regard to blockchain so as of today if we talk about the supreme court case which uh, started off uh, with april 6 notification of the rbi which completely banned cryptocurrency or any trade with regards to cryptocurrency in totality so from that forwarding that we have the supreme court giving a favorable judgment to the indian internet uh, mobile association uh, saying that okay if you want to ban cryptocurrency then you have to ban it through a certain legislation and a separate legislation and the rbi will not be the uh, as say the rbi even if has to ban or control for that matter cryptocurrency has to come up with an entire bill or an entire uh, entire bill that will govern that entire situation so if i'm not to wrong as on date there is nothing specific that exists in legalized now there is a draft bill got it but that there is a draft bill 2019 and it's still not yet finalized right? it's not finalized but however you see the mindset or the general perception or the general trend the way it is going it's not looking very favorable for cryptocurrency in general but in india at least but let's see you know i'll leave it yeah, to chance absolutely absolutely see which direction it takes right absolutely So Vivek, the what's your plan for this pujo? Well, I don't know about you, but this year I'm planning to stay in throats because of the entire situation that is going on. But you know, for those who are planning to venture out, so moving on in relation to our third topic, so what we'll be talking about is the various guidelines and the circulars that you know various state governments, but with a special reference to you know East India, since you know that's where we are and that is where Durga Pujo is the most popularly celebrated in the country, right? So the guidelines that they've taken out. Now uh let Bef- me give you an introduction to that you know before yeah. we go into that right um in relation to that just But remember, don't you think in such dire straits and the way the cases are increasing and there isn't really much of a resolve to that 
do you think it's very feasible to have a grand durga puja so that's the thing you know so various state governments have come up with very how do i say contradictory okay guidelines you know that are saying states are always things. contradicting each other it's nothing new right right but you know diversity this time, <laughs> but this time you know the contradiction is a little too wide okay <laughs> right so here we have so we are celebrating pujas differently in correct, different states correct correct so we have orissa on the extreme left of the eastern states okay which is stated that you can have a durga puja but the durga puja pandal that we like to call it or rather the temporary embank- like the shelter that is created that needs to be covered on all four sides okay so that raises the question why have the pandal at all and not only that i think it's very difficult also if you see to actually control the amount of crowd that's going to turn uh-huh. up but that's the thing no crowd is allowed no crowd is allowed in odisha if you are going to any durga puja pandal you'll be very sad to know that only the priests and the organizers are allowed <laughs> what's the point of having a and puja you know, like that anyway? this time around there is going to be no idol immersion there is not going to be any sort of prasad distribution So how are we exactly going about it? That we will see. But well, you did tell me about this about the Amul coming up with yeah. uh, packeted uh, prasad. So sure. capitalism for the win, you know. Capitalism. Yeah. They have seen an opportunity. They have seized it. Correct. Absolutely. Now, moving on from Odisha to the neighboring state of West Bengal. Here we see another change. Okay. Here the government has stated that you can have a Durga Puja pandal. You can have visitors coming inside to the pandal, but. either the pandal has to have no roof or the pandal needs to be open from all sides great now that before you make a comment <laughs> i I'm, let me stop you there and i am you. going to reserve my right to speak anything you have been to durga puja in calcutta for a couple of years right if not for the longest time yeah right it rains absolutely what happens then if you have a pandal with an idol that is made out of clay and it's raining the immersion happens automatically you don't have to wait till dasera for yeah. that to happen by saptami we'll see we'll go where's the you know idols already gone it's it there happened. the visitor you know, happened it worship the land worship the land you know go yeah. there and become amazonian people or something yeah. right so that's yeah. what, that's another angle yes now finally if we move a little bit to the northeast okay and we take a look at assam they have taken i would say one of the more sensible approaches okay. right wherein they have stated that you are not allowed to make any temporary pandals in return what you are allowed is so there are these permanent structures temples and all right where there is an idol of goddess durga they say durga bari here yeah, yeah so inside of. the pandals basically and over there what you are allowed to do is essentially visit those areas but you know you are limited to only 30 people at the most at a time okay. that is including the organizers the the priests and everybody but okay at least they are still allowing 30 people there is no absurd law which or guideline rather that is saying that all four sides have to be open or the roof has to be open yeah. or it's like you know conduct a puja well and good but you know nobody can see nobody unless yeah. you're the organizer or the priest so i don't get it like what is the point of all of this and do you think truly all these guidelines that have been set into place will actually work out in I favor i really don't because if you know like calcutta especially has this trend where people go pandal hopping in the night exactly what happens then yeah you how know? how are you going to like if a crowd is mobilized 
how is police or anybody going to actually uh, do anything in that correct, regards correct. and if i look at odessa even that breaks the question to me why have it at all yeah exactly like, and unless you're live streaming it to my tata sky tv <laughs> or something i think that is what they should do they yeah, should yeah. you know do a uh, like we are having online classes we'll have an online durga puja yeah, yeah absolutely we just sit a, in front of the monitor give the yeah. aarti do the anjali and we like go okay, see you next time. yeah aschhe bochor abar right right aschhe bochor abar erom jano na hoy right 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 so yeah so to me if you ask me assam has taken the more sensible decision west bengal is most mostly going to be you know a hit and miss whether it rains or not which it definitely will it always is a hit and miss right so you can see probably you'll see a lot of you know durga puja pandals with an umbrella on goddess durga's hand okay in all probability to okay. save from you know an early visarjan let's uh, say yeah early visarjan and odisha i don't know what you do and i really don't know what you do. <laughs> So yeah and before we go into that let us remind you again covid isn't gone yet so stay safe you know sanitize your hands and everything because if you're not aware of what is happening out there you need to see this video about this dog which is careful which is carrying a stick around its mouth just so that it can maintain the norms of social distancing it's such a cute dog it's such a cute dog i promise it will melt your heart so you know keep being safe don't stop sanitizing your hand and if you do like this episode of ours do give us a good thumbs up and subscribe and i don't know do something about this pujo make it happening and okay i'm running out of things to say i'll catch you on the next week's episode of coffee and gyan absolutely thank you for joining thank you for joining us